ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله amma ba'd so carrying on then with the tafsir of juz amma with the explanation of al-shaykh al-thaymin rahimahullah ta'ala today we arrive at surah at-takathur where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said al-hakum at-takathur hatta zurtum al-maqabir كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ ثُمَّ كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ كَلَّا لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ عِلْمَ الْيَقِينِ لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمَ ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينِ ثُمَّ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَئِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ سَهِيَ اللَّهُ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى سَيْدْ the meaning of which is the mutual rivalry for piling up of the worldly things diverts you until you visit the graves, meaning until you die. Nay, you shall come to know. Again, nay, you shall come to know. Nay, if you knew with a sure knowledge the end result of piling up, you would not have been occupied or preoccupied yourselves in worldly things. Verily you shall see the blazing fire, hell, and again you shall see it with certainty of sight. Then on that day you shall be asked about the delights you indulged in in this world. So the opening ayah in this surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Al-Hakumu takafur That the mutual rivalry for piling up the worldly things has distracted you. هذه الجملة جملة خبرية يخبر الله عز وجل بها العبادة مخاطبا لهم So this opening ayah it is a statement of information. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing us of this fact. What is this fact that Allah is informing us of? That Allah is addressing the servants with takathur That the piling up of worldly things has preoccupied your minds. 
It has preoccupied you, busied you, engrossed you in those matters, taken your time away after the worldly things and gathering the worldly things and piling up the worldly things. Alhaakum ay shagalakum hatta lahautum an ma huwa aham. So the worldly matters that you are collecting and piling up, they have distracted you away from that which is more important than them. They, the worldly matters, have distracted you and preoccupied you away from that which is more important. And what is more important? من ذكر الله تعالى والقيام بطاعته The remembrance of Allah سبحانه وتعالى and to be upright and implement obedience to Him that is the important thing to be upon the remembrance of Allah and to be implementing and fulfilling your worship to Allah. That is the important thing in life. But the worldly things, chasing after them, gathering all of them, that has preoccupied you away from the remembrance of Allah and the obedience to Allah. That is what Allah tells us in the Qur'an here. والخطاب هنا لجميع الأمة. The address here it is to all of the Ummah. The address here is to all of the Ummah. Except you could say that it is specified to those people specifically who are the ones that have allowed or that it exempts those who have given priority to the afterlife over this life. Those who have given priority to the afterlife to this life, over this life, then they are exempt because they have not been preoccupied by the worldly matters. But those who are preoccupied by the worldly matters over their afterlife, then they are the ones being addressed here. Al-Hakumu takathur And so the Shaykh says, Al-Khitabu huna li jami'i al-Ummah. إلا أنه يخصص بمن شغلتهم أمور الآخرة عن أمور الدنيا وهم قليل وإنما نقولهم قليل لأنه ثبت في الصحيحين أن الله تبارك وتعالى يقول يوم القيامة There are very few people who would be exempt from this. That they are not from those people dragged away by the worldly affairs, 
They are not from those people who are engrossed and engaged in gathering the worldly matters. There are only few who are not involved in those affairs and they are instead working for their afterlife only, thinking about that only. They are few in number. And we know that from the hadith in Al-Bukhari and Muslim where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say on the Day of Judgment, Ya Adam, O Adam, فيقول لبيك وسعديك والخير في يديك So he will say that I am here in your uh, assistance, in your uh, worship rather. I am here in your worship. I am here uh, in subservience to you. And all of the goodness is with you. فيقول أخرج من ذريتك بَعَثًا إِلَى النَّارِ قَالَ وَمَا بَعَثُ النَّارِ قَالَ مِنْ كُلِّ أَلْفٍ تِسْعُمِئَةَ وَتِسْعَ وَتِسْعِينَ It is mentioned then, Allah says, take out from your progeny, from your offspring, a group for the hellfire. From the mankind, a group to go to the hellfire. So then he will say, and who is this group? How many of them? So then it will be said, from every 1,000, from every 1,999 of them. From every 1,999 of them. Wahidun fil jannah wal baqi fil one in paradise, that means, and out of that thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine in the hellfire. وَهَذَا عَدَدٌ هَائِلٌ إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ مِنْ بَنِي آدَمٍ إِلَّا وَاحِدًا مِنَ الْأَلْفِ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ وَالْبَاقُونَ مِنْ أَهْلِ النَّارِ إِذَنْ فَالْخِطَابُ بِالْعُمُومِ فِي مِثْلِ هَذِهِ الْآيَةِ جار على أصله لأن الواحد من الألف ليس بشيء بالنسبة إليه So if you think about this huge number this huge proportion that out of 1000 from the mankind only one only one from a thousand one per thousand enters the paradise and the remainder are all in the hellfire. So the ayah here is addressing mankind on the whole and is applicable generally because the vast majority, as you can see, they end up in that loss. And as for the statement of Allah that piling up and gathering up the worldly things has distracted you, what things exactly? What is at takathur? Which things? 
It can be yashmal at-takathur bil-mal that you are gathering the wealth that is obvious that it can be under the meaning of gathering the wealth chasing after the wealth of the world gathering all of that wattakathuru bil qabila or it could be that increase and uh, gather, gathering of the tribe your tribe people and your clans وَالتَّكَاثُرْ بِالْجَاهِ Or it could be that you are attempting to gather and gain status. To gather and gain rank and status for yourself. وَالتَّكَاثُرُ بِالْعِلْمِ Or it could be your gathering of knowledge. وَبِكُلِّ مَا يُمْكِنَ يَقَعَ فِيهِ التَّفَاخُرُ Everything, anything, whereby there can be some element of pride in gathering those affairs. Anything from the matters that can have within it an element of pride in gathering that. So a person gathers the wealth and becomes rich and then has his elevation or a person seeks to gain status and rank and so has that elevation. Or maybe some people, they gain the knowledge for the sake of that elevation and rank. So all of those affairs could be at takathur. فَالْإِنسَانُ قَدْ يَتَكَاثَرُ بِمَالِهِ فَيَطْلُبْ أَنْ يَكُونَ أَكْثَرَ مِنَ الْآخَرْ مَالًا وَأَوْسَعْ تِجَارَةً وَقَدْ يَتَكَافَرُ الْإِنسَانُ بِقَبِيلَتِهِ يَقُولُ نَحْنُ أَكْثَرُ مِنْهُمْ عَدَدًا So a person may be gathering the wealth of the world and he seeks to have more wealth than anybody else and greater business and trade than anyone else. And it could be with the tribe that you wish to have the biggest numbers in your tribe, more numbers than the others. He mentions كَمَا قَالَ الشَّاعِرُ وَلَسْتُ بِالْأَكْثَرِ مِنْهُمْ حَصَى وَإِنَّمَا الْعِزَّةِ لِلْكَاثِرِ That I do not have more pebbles than them. They used to count things with pebbles. I do not have more pebbles than them. But the honor is in لل, or for the one who engages in at-takathur, for the one who engages in that mutual rivalry of piling up the affairs. كَذَلِكَ يَتَكَافَرُ الْإِنسَانُ بِالْعِلْمِ فَتَجِدُهُ يُكَافِرُ عَلَى غَيْرِهِ بِالْعِلْمِ لَكِنْ إِنْ كَانَ بِالْعِلْمِ شَرْعِ فَهُوَ خَيْرٍ 
وإن كان بالعلم غير شرعي فهو إما مباح وإما محرم A person may also gather the knowledge which if it is Islamic knowledge then that is good but if it is worldly knowledge academic sciences then it's either just mubah permissible allowable or it could be muharram impermissible and haram wa hadha huwa al-ghalibu ala bani adam at-takathur and this is what is widespread amongst mankind that they have this rivalry to have more than others this rivalry to have more than others more wealth than others more status than others more whatever to gather and gather and to have more than others this is widespread amongst mankind فَيَتَكَافَرُونَ فِي هَذِهِ الْأُمُورِ عَمَّا خُلِقُوا لَهُ مِنْ عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلِ And so they engage in gathering all of those types of affairs to the extent they become preoccupied, busy doing that, and they uh, miss out and neglect the worship of Allah and the remembrance of Allah that they were created for. So then Allah says, الْهَاكُمُ التَّكَافُرُ حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرُ That the mutual rivalry and gathering things preoccupies you until you visit the graves, meaning until you die. يَعْنِي إِلَىٰ أَنْ زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرُ يَعْنِي إِلَىٰ أَنْ مُتُّمْ So this mutual rivalry it preoccupies you until death comes to you. Until death comes to you. فَالْإِنسَانُ مَجْبُولٌ عَلَى التَّكَاثُرِ إِلَىٰ أَنْ يَمُوتِ A person is compelled in this way. Many of them are not compelled, but many of them are heavily inclined. Many of them are heavily inclined to that gathering and mutual rivalry up until they die. بَلْ كُلَّمَا ازْدَادَ بِهِ الْكِبْرِ ازْدَادَ بِهِ الْأَمْرِ فَهُوَ يُشِيبُ فِي السِّنِّ وَيَشُبُّ فِي الْأَمْرِ It mentions here, the greater a person becomes in age, the greater his aspirations are. The, the older you get, the more your aspirations become. So you are becoming older in age, but younger in your aspirations, in your uh, 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 wants and wishes and desires of what you want to gain. The older you get, the more those affairs become. حَتَّى إِنَّ الرَّجُلَ لَهُ تِسْعُونَ سَنَةٌ مَثَلًا تَجِدْ عِنْدَهُ مِنَ الْآمَالِ وَطُولُ الْأَمَلِ مَا لَيْسَ عِنْدَ الشَّابِ الَّذِي لَهُ خَمْسَ عَشْرَةَ سَنَةٌ The Shaykh says you might come across a person who is 90 years old and he has more aspirations of what he wants to do and what he wants to gather more 
long-term aspirations and plans than maybe even a 15-year-old does. هذا هو معنى الآية الكريمة أي أنكم تلهوتم تلهوتم بالتكاثر عن الآخرة إلى أمتم that you have become preoccupied with all of this mutual rivalry and gathering uh, up until uh, uh, death comes to you. So, حتى زرتم المقابر يعني حتى أصبحتم تتكاثرون بالأموات كما نعم وقيل وقيل إن معنى حتى زرتم المقابر حتى أصبحتم تتكاثرون بالأموات كما تتكاثرون بالأحياء فيأتي الإنسان فيقول أنا قبيلتي أكثر من قبيلتك وإذا شئت فاذهب إلى القبور عد القبور منا وعد القبور منكم فأينا أكثر لكن هذا قول ضعيف بعيد من سياق الآية So the first explanation like we've said there is حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرِ That people are worried about the worldly things and gathering them up until they die. The second opinion says that maybe the meaning of حَتَّى زُرْتُمُ الْمَقَابِرِ is that they gather the worldly affairs and they have the mutual rivalry in having more than others in everything to the extent that they even uh, stake a claim to having more deceased in the graveyard than anybody else. And they say, look, our tribe is the biggest. Go to the graveyard and check. Check the history of our tribe, how many of our deceased are in that graveyard. Check our section of the graveyard, how many of our people are buried there. It'll show you how big our tribe was and is. So even with the graves, the burial sites of the deceased, they are making that mutual rivalry We have more deceased than you. Our tribe was bigger than yours and is bigger than yours, proven by the number of graves we have for our tribe in the graveyard. But that is a weak opinion. The stronger opinion is the first one, that you will continue to have mutual rivalry over things up until you die. وَالْمَعْنَى الْأَوَّلِ هُوَ الصَّحِيحِ أَنَّكُمْ تَتَكَافَرُونَ إِلَىٰ أَن تَمُوتُوا وقوله حتى زرتم المقابر استدل به عمر بن عبد العزيز رحمه الله على أن الزائر لا بد أن يرجع إلى وطنه وأن القبور ليست بدار إقامة وكذلك يذكر عن بعض يذكر عن بعض الأعراب أنه سمع قارئ يقرأ الهاكم التكاثر حتى زرتم المقابر فقال والله ما الزائر بمقيم والله لنبعثنه لأن الزائر كما هو معروف يزور ويرجع فقال والله لنبعثنه وهذا هو الحق سو so, عمر بن عبد العزيز رحمه الله deduced from this ayah he picked out an evidence from this ayah until you visit the grave you will carry on piling up the worldly things until you visit the grave meaning until you die 
But it says until you visit the grave. When you die, are you visiting the graveyard or are you going to stay there forever? When you die, when you're alive, you go and visit and go. When you die, are you visiting the graveyard or are you staying there? Why does the ISA visiting the graveyard then? The ayah says visiting the graveyard even for the people who die because they are still visiting only as well. Are they going to stay there in that grave forever? They're only going to stay there a short period of time and then the day of judgment and resurrection. So even they are just visiting that graveyard in the barzakh for a short period of time until the uh, day of judgment happens and then they will go to. So they are not staying there forever. It's mentioned about a Bedouin who heard someone recite this ayah, Al-Hakum Al-Takathur, Hatta Zurtum Al-Maqabir. And he said, by Allah, the visitor is not resident. When you're a visitor somewhere, it means that's not your place. You're a visitor, you're going to go visit and then come back. That's what a visitor does. He visits and then leaves he said, Wallahi mazza'ir bimuqeem. The visitor is not resident. You're not resident. You're going to visit and go. And then he said, By Allah, we are going to be resurrected. By Allah, we are going to be resurrected. وَبِهَذَا نَعْرِفْ أَنَّمَا يَذْكُرُهُ بَعْضُ النَّاسِ Ah. ما يذكره بعض الناس الآن في الجرائد وغيرها يقول عن الرجل إذا مات إنه انتقل إلى مثواه الأخير إن هذا كلام باطل وكذب لأن القبور ليس هي المثوى الأخير بل لو أن الإنسان اعتقد مدلول هذا اللفظ لصار كافرا بالبعض والكفر بالبعض ردة عن الإسلام لكن كثيرا من الناس يأخذون الكلمات ولا يدرون ما معناها. Shaykhi mentions that in newspapers, you have that section as well in the English. What do they call it? Obituary or something. Yeah, where they have the the names of the deceased people in the newspapers. So he says sometimes in the newspapers they have that section. In many countries, many places they do it. In the newspapers, you can put a. An, like an advert, you can pay to have that in there. Such and such has died, the father of such. A, it's there like a little notice. There's a section in the newspapers in some places. And some people, when they do that, the phrase they might use is that such and such, the father of such and such, whatever, intaqala ila mathwahul akhir. He has departed to his final resting place. You hear that phrase, don't you? The final resting place, they say. He has departed to the final resting place. That is false. Complete lie. He has not departed. Somebody who dies has not departed to their final resting place. The grave is not their final resting place. That's only temporary. They are going to be resurrected. Then in the afterlife will be their final place. So this phrase is incorrect. That the person has gone to his final resting place. He has departed to his final resting place. Here in the English they say it all the time. 
This is incorrect. Because that would mean you are rejecting the resurrection. If that's his final resting place, then what about the resurrection and the afterlife? So you have to be careful with these kinds of words. Whose belief? That's their belief. That's incorrect. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Nay, you shall come to know. Nay, you shall come to know. And nay, again, you shall come to know. قيل إن كلا بمعنى الردع يعني ارتدعوا عن هذا التكاثر وقيل إنها بمعنى حقا ومعنى سوف تعلمون okay. so كلا they say that one of the meanings of كلا is to to reprimand you in a manner that you abstain from something then. So, kalla is a word to reprimand you, to warn you to stay away from something. In this case, to stay away from the takathur, from the mutual rivalry and the piling up of the goods. And others, they said it means, قيل إنها بمعنى حقاً that truly, Truly, certainly, you will come to know. So there are those two meanings on that. سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ اي سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ عَاقِبَةَ أَمْرِكُمْ إِذَا رَجَعَتُمْ إِلَى الْآخِرَةِ وَأَنَّ هَذَا التَّكَاثُرَ لَا يَنْفَعُكُمْ That you will certainly come to know. What will you come to know? You will certainly come to know, you will understand in the end, that all of this rivalry and gathering up and chasing after the worldly things is of absolutely no benefit to you. In the afterlife, when that judgment comes, you'll realize all that worldly thing not going to benefit you one bit. So you will certainly come to know when you Return to the afterlife and the judgment occurs and your affair is laid out that all of that gathering of the world, the wealth and other things is of no benefit. وَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فِيمَا رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمٌ It's mentioned in a hadith uh, of the Prophet ﷺ that has been collected by Al-Imam Muslim. يقول ابن آدم مالي مالي يعني يفتخر به that ابن آدم mankind they say my wealth my wealth meaning they are proud of their wealth and they are boasting with their wealth وليس لك من مالك إلا مَا أَكَلْتَ فَأَفْنَيْتَ أَوْ لَبِسْتَ فَأَبْلَيْتَ أَوْ تَصَدَّقْتَ فَأَمْضَيْتَ So the, the person, people, they say, my wealth, my wealth. 
They are boasting about the wealth they have and they are proud of the wealth that they have. But the hadith says the reality is the only wealth that you have in reality is what you eat from and spend that wealth in. You spend that wealth and get food and drink and eat from it, that has benefited you. Or that you spend that wealth on garments and you wear them and then they get worn out. You benefited and used that wealth in that. Or wealth that you give in charity and spend it in that way. Meaning wealth that you gather and gather and gather and just pile up. That isn't a benefit, but wealth that you, you eat from it, you clothe yourself from it, you give in charity from it. That is the reality of your wealth. Otherwise, it is not. وَالْبَاقِي تَارِكُهُ لِغَيْرِكَ تَارِكَهُ لِغَيْرِكَ وَهَذَهُ الْحَقِّ Ask for the rest of your wealth that you never used when you were alive. When you die, gone to your inheritors. They are going to take it. You never did anything with it. Meaning the reality of all of the wealth that you gather in this world. Imagine these people now, millionaires, billionaires. Maybe they have a hundred million in their bank account. One hundred million there. And throughout their life, they use their money on different things. They buy clothes and they wear them. They buy food and they eat it. They use their money on those things. On those things, they have used their money to benefit themselves. The one hundred million that is still in the account when the person dies, he did not in reality do anything with that. That will go to somebody else. 100 million yet gathered and gathered and gathered and he never used it. Never got to buy any clothes with that which is still in the bank. Never got to buy any food with that which is still in the bank. That will go to somebody else. Amwaluna allati bayna aydina meaning this money that we have eventually it will go. This wealth that we have will go to the inheritors. Imma an na'kulaha fatafna wa imma an nalbisaha fatubla wa imma natasaddaqa biha fanamdiha wa takunu amamana yawm al-qiyamah So either you use that money and eat with it and use that money in that way or wear the garments from it, the money used for that or you give it in charity and that's what will be there before you on yawm al-qiyamah that money that you used in benefit and good and in ibadah, uh, 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 in worship, that's what will be there before you on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. The rest of it will be gone to the inheritors. So either we use it for those purposes or we just leave it and it is taken by the inheritors, and wealth does not go outside of those four types. So, kalla sawfa ta'lamun, that, nay, you shall certainly come to know, meaning you will come to know the end result, the conclusion of your affair, of all of this gathering of the worldly things, what are you going to get out of it in the end? You will come to know in the end. ثُمَّ كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ الجملة تأكيد. This sentence is an emphasis for the previous one. And then كَلَّا 
لو تعلمون علم اليقين that nay if you knew with a certain knowledge if you knew with a certain knowledge يعني حقا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لعرفتم أنكم في ضلال that if you knew this with a certain and definite knowledge that all of this gathering of the worldly things won't benefit you in the afterlife if you knew all of that then you would know that by doing all of this you are in misguidance you would know then that mutual rivalry and gathering the worldly affairs you are in misguidance for doing that walakinnakum la ta'lamuna ilm al-yaqeen but you do not know this with that surety and certainty people are negligent they don't realize and they don't think they are negligent they don't think about the afterlife and so they think that all of this worldly gathering is good for them and benefits for them and they do not think لانكم غافلون لهون في هذه الدنيا because you are negligent and not focused and thinking about the afterlife in this world ولو علمتم علم اليقين لعرفتم انكم في ضلال وفي خطا عظيم and if you knew with certainty what the outcome would be and the end result on yawm al-qiyamah would be then you would know that you're in misguidance for chasing after the worldly wealth and gathering it amen allah says la tarawun al-jahim that certainly you will see the blazing fire meaning the hell certainly you will see the blazing fire meaning the hell وهذا الوصل so here the sheikh mentions la tarawunna hadhihi aljumlah mustaqillah laysat jawab law ولهذا يجب على القارئ ان يقف عند قوله كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين ونحن نسمع كثيرا من الائمه يصلون فيقولون كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لترون الجحيم الشيخ says when you read these ayat you are supposed to stop at the end of كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين You're supposed to stop there. Then start the next ayah fresh. Then start the next one after that separately. لا ترون الجحيم. You're not supposed to join those and say كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لا ترون الجحيم. You're not supposed to read those connected. وَهَذَا الْوَصْلُ إِمَّا غَفْلَ مِنْهُمَ نِسْيَانَ And maybe when they connect it like that in recitation, it is either from their negligence or forgetfulness. وَإِمَّا أَنَّهُمْ لَمْ يَتَأَمَّلُوا الْآيَةِ حَقَّ التَّأَمُّلُ Or because they haven't thought about the meanings of what they are reading carefully. وَإِلَّا لَوْ تَأَمَّلُوهَا حَقَّ التَّأَمُّلُ لَوَجَدُوا أَنَّ الْوَصْلَ يُفْصِدُ الْمَعْنَى 
لأنه إذا قال كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لترون الجحيم صار رؤية الجحيم مشروطة بعلمهم Because if you connect those two ayat and say that Nay, if you knew with a sure knowledge Then verily you shall see the blazing fire It's as though it means that only if you know with sure knowledge Then you will see the blazing fire But that is not the case It is not the condition that you have to have the sure knowledge to see the blazing fire But if you connect those two ayat in the recitation in Arabic It could indicate that meaning And that could be understood That's why you're supposed to separate those Separately لذلك يجب التنبه والتنبيه لهذا من سمع أحد يقرأ كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لترون الجحيم ينبه ويقول له يا أخي هذا الوصل يوهم فساد المعنى فلا تصل وقف So if you hear somebody reciting in that way you hear somebody reciting in that way and joining those two ayat, then you should highlight to them and explain to them that you're not supposed to connect those two ayat because it corrupts the meaning of what is meant here. فَلَا وَقِفْ Tell him, don't join those ayat, stop. And there are different reasons as to why you should stop at the end of the ayah. أَوَّلًا لِأَنَّهَا رَأْسُ آيَةً Because it's a new ayah and you're generally supposed to stop and start the new ayah fresh anyway. وَالْمَشْرُوعَ أَنْ يَقِفَ الْإِنسَانُ عِنْدَ رَأْسِ كُلِّ آيَةً It is legislated that you start every ayah fresh. Stop at the end of the last one, start the new one fresh. وَثَانِيًا أَنَّ الْوَصْلَ يُفْسِدُ الْمَعْنَى And secondly, here specifically, because if you do join it, then it gives an incorrect meaning and understanding to what is being said. إِذَنْ لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمِ جُمْلَ مُسْتَأْنَفَةً لَا صِلَةَ لَهَا بِمَا قَبْلَهَا وَهِيَ جُمْلَةً قِسْمِيَّةً فِيهَا قِسْمٌ مُقَدَّرٌ وَالتَّقْدِيرٌ وَاللَّهِ لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمِ So this section, this ayah is separate. It's a separate ayah by itself. That verily you shall see the blazing fire. It's not connected to the previous ayah. This is a separate thing now. Verily you shall see the blazing fire. And it's that there is something within this ayah that is... um, If it comes to me, I'll, I'll mention it. Muqaddar basically means that the word is not there. It's not there physically in the ayah. Literally, it's not there. Huh? Implied. That's it. That's okay. Implied. It is implied or perceived. Yeah, that's what we normally say. So there is an implied word here. An implicit word here. And that is that the ayah is saying, Wallahi. That by Allah you will see the blazing fire. 
But the word there, by Allah, wallahi, is it in the ayah? It's not there. It is implicit. It is implicit within the ayah. So that is something there, but not physically there. So it is as though the ayah is saying, by Allah, you shall see the blazing fire. No, noon, that's Tawqeet. The noon uh, of Tawqeet at the end. The lamb, the lamb is there. I'rabuha inna lamb mawti'atun lil qasam wa jumla tarawunna aw tarawunna hiya jawab al qasam wal qasam ahdhuf at taqdeer wallahi la tarawunna al jahim. So it gives the, the Arabic grammar as to how that works. So basically, la tarawunna al jahim, it is wallahi la tarawunna al jahim. And jahim, of course, one of the names of the hellfire. Then, ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ And again, you shall see it with certainty of sight. You shall see it with certainty of sight. تَأْكِيد لِرُؤْيَتِهَا وَمَتَى تُرَى So it is affirming once again, you will see the blazing fire, but when exactly will you see it? تُرَى يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ it will be seen on the day of resurrection, the hellfire. يُؤْتَى بِهَا تُجَرُّ بِسَبْعِينَ أَلْفْ زِمَامِ كُلُّ زِمَامِ يَجُرُّهُ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفْ مَلَكِ That the hellfire on that day is going to be uh, dragged forth with 70,000 reins, ropes. 70,000 reins. 70,000 ropes on that hellfire. Each rope, each of those reins has 70,000 angels dragging it. فَمَا ظَنُّكَ بِهَذِهِ النَّارِ وَلِعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّهَا نَارٌ كَبِيرَةٌ عَظِيمَةٌ لِأَنَّ فِيهَا سَبْعِينَ أَلْفَ زِمَامٌ كُلُّ زِمَامٍ يَجُرُّهُ سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ مَلَكٌ وَالْمَلَائِكَ عِظَامٌ شِدَادٌ so the Shaykh says, imagine how big this hellfire is then. 70,000 rains, every one of those with 70,000 angels. And the angels, they are huge and strong creations, more than us too. 70,000 on each one, pulling that hellfire. And then it says, ثُمَّ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَ إِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ Then on that day you shall be asked about the delights. Then on that day you shall be asked about the delights. ثُمَّ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَ إِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ يعني ثم في ذلك الوقت في ذلك الموقف العظيم تُسْأَلُنَّ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ so then you are going to be asked about the blessings, about the delights on that day of resurrection at that moment, at that time. وَاخْتَلَفَ الْعُلَمَا رَحِمَهُمُ اللَّهِ فِي قَوْلِهِ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَ إِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ هَلِ الْمُرَادِ الْكَافِرِ أَوْ الْمُرَادِ الْمُؤْمِنِ وَالْكَافِرِ Here, that you shall be asked about the delights on that day. Is that talking about the kuffar? They are going to get asked about the delights they were given and they disbelieved. Or does it include the believers who are going to be asked about the delights they were given? As-sawab anna al-murada al-mu'min wal-kafir. 
both the believers and the disbelievers. Kullun yus'al anin na'im. All of them, believers and disbelievers, are going to be asked about the uh, delights, the blessings. لكن الكافر يسأل سؤال توبيخ وتقريع والمؤمن يسأل سؤال تذكير But the difference is that the kuffar when they are asked they are asked as a or in the in the form of a rebuke upon them they are asked in the form of a rebuke upon them. Whereas the believers, they are asked in the form of reminding them of all of the great blessings of Allah upon them. So there's a difference in the manner that they are asked. The disbelievers to the believers. وَالدَّلِيلُ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ مَا جَرَىٰ فِي قِصَّةِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَأَبِي بَكَرُ وَعُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا فَعَنَ بِهُ رَيْرَةَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ قَالْ So there is a narration about the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr and Umar رضي الله عنهما uh, in the hadith it says خَرَجَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ خَرَجَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم أو ليلة that one day or one night the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم went out of his house فَإِذَا هُوَ بِأَبِي بَكَرُ وَعُمَرُ and suddenly, he, as we say, bumped into Abu Bakr and Umar. They were out on the street as well. He bumped into Abu Bakr and Umar, radiyallahu anhuma. Qala ana, na'am, faqal, ma akhrajakuma min buyutikuma hadihi sa'ah. So the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, asked them, what? Again, as we say in English, what brings you here at this time? Why are you out of your homes at this time? Where are you going? What are you doing? What has brought you out here? What brings you here at this time? They said, hunger. Hunger. They had come out looking for food. Hunger had driven them out of their homes. Ya Rasulullah. قَالْ وَأَنَا And the messenger said, And I likewise. I likewise. وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَأَخْرَجَنِ الَّذِي أَخْرَجَكُمَا That by the one whom my soul is in his hand, the same thing extracted me from my home that extracted you. That we were taken out of our homes, all of us, I and you, for the same reason, the hunger. Hunger drove us out. Qumu, and the messenger says to them, Arise, faqamu ma'ahu. So they uh, arose with him. Fa'ata rajulan min al ansar. And uh, a man from the uh, ansar came along. Uh, or they came to the house of a man from the ansar. Fa'ida huwa laysa fi baytihi, but he wasn't at home. Falamma ra'athu al mar'ah. قَالَتْ مَرْحَبًا وَأَهْلًا So when his wife, of the wife of that man, saw that it's the messenger, she said, Welcome, greetings. And so the messenger said to her, فَقَالَ لَهَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم, أَيْنَ فُلَانْ Where is such and such, the man from the Ansar, whose house it was, they were looking for, where is he? قَالَتْ ذَهَبَ يَسْتَعْذِبْ لَنَا 
من الماء. She said he's gone to uh, collect water for us. إذا إذ جاء الأنصاري فنظر إلى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وصاحبه. And then at that moment the man arrived. He ended up coming back at that moment, and he saw the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and Abu Bakr and Umar رضي الله عنهما ثم قال الحمد لله. He said, uh, all praises to Allah. ما أحد اليوم أكرم أضيافا مني. He said, Alhamdulillah, that man, when he got back and he saw the messenger of Abu Bakr and Umar at his house, he said, Alhamdulillah, there is nobody who has better guests than me today. Nobody has better guests than me today. I am the host for the best of the guests today. قال فانطلق فجاءهم بعرض فيه بصر والتمر والرطب فقال كلوا من هذه وأخذ المدية فقال له رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إياك والحلوب فذبح لهم فأكلوا من الشات And so then it mentions how he came with some food, with some dates, uh, some uh, ripened dates and some of the soft dates. He came with some of that food and he said to them eat. And then he went to slaughter. He had some animals. He went to go and slaughter one. And he was told not to slaughter the one that gives a lot of milk. And so he went and slaughtered uh, 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 one of the sheep. And then they came and they ate from that sheep. And they drank the, uh, uh, the soup that is made, like the curry that is made from that. Huh? They drank from that and they ate the meat. And when they had become full, they had eaten and they were full. Then uh, the Prophet ﷺ said to Abu Bakr and Umar, قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وسلم لِأَبِي بَكَرُ وَعُمَرُ وَالَّذِي نَفْسِ بِيَدِهِ لَا تُسْأَلُنَّ عَنْ هَذَا النَّعِيمِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ أَخْرَجَكُمْ مِنْ بُيُوتِكُمُ الْجُوعِ ثُمَّ لَمْ تَرْجِعُوا حَتَّى أَصَابَكُمْ هَذَا النَّعِيمِ That by the one whose uh, uh, hand my soul is in, the Prophet said to Abu Bakr and Umar, you will certainly be asked about this blessing on the day of judgment. Hunger drove you out of your homes, but then you did not return back until this blessing had come upon you. That they had all eaten to their fill and then returned home. Allah blessed them with that on that day. The messenger said, you will certainly be asked about this uh, on the day of judgment. You were uh, uh, taken out of your homes by hunger, but you did not go back until you had been given this blessing. And in another, uh, another narration, uh, it mentions how you'll be asked about the blessings, even the cool shade and the, the uh, uh, good dates and the soft dates and the cold water. All of these things are from the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon you. وَهَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الَّذِي يُسْأَلْ الْمُؤْمِنُ وَالْكَافِرُ These kinds of blessings are upon believers and non-believers, which means all of them are going to be asked on that day. فَهَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الَّذِي يُسْأَلْ الْمُؤْمِنُ وَالْكَافِرُ وَلَكِنْ يَخْتَلِفَ السُؤَالِ سؤال المؤمن سؤال تذكير بنعمة الله عز وجل عليه حتى يفرح But the manner of the questioning is different The believer is questioned in a manner to remind him of the blessings So he becomes happy with the great number of blessings that Allah had given him 
ويعلم أن الذي أنعم عليه في الدنيا ينعم عليه في الآخرة. And so he knows that the one who blessed him in the world is the one who will bless him in the afterlife. بمعنى أنه إذا تكرم بنعمته عليه في الدنيا تكرم عليه بنعمته في الآخرة. That if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with those blessings in this world, then he will bless him with blessings in the afterlife also. وَأَمَّا الْكَافِرَ فَإِنَّهُ سُؤَالَ تَوْبِيخْ وَتَنْدِيمٌ But the disbeliever is asked in a manner of rebuke and regret for him. And so the shaykh makes dua at the end. نَسْأَلُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى أَنْ يَسْتَعْمِلَنَا فِي طَاعَتِهِ وَنِجْعَلَ مَا رَزَقَنَا عَوْنًا عَلَى طَاعَتِهِ إِنَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he decrees for us that we be upon his worship, that he uses us as servants worshipping him. And that he, uh, 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 whatever he gives us, what he blesses us with, that he makes that a, an aid for us to be upon his obedience. The blessings that Allah has given us, he makes that a, an aid for us, a help for us to be upon his worship and obedience. And he is all capable of everything. That brings us to the end of this particular chapter then. الهاكم التكاثر